Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Mikkel Thorpe. This is the Expat Money Show, and today we're going to do something a little bit differently. So I want to tell you guys a story. I want to tell you about my travels through the pandemic and my journey into Costa Rica and what I've learned and what I have been up to. So this is kind of an update episode, but also is going to be filled with a lot of knowledge if you're thinking about traveling during the pandemic And also if you're thinking about Costa Rica in general, if you want to go there on vacation or you're looking to move there or any of these types of things. So I'm going to make sure that there is a ton of value in this episode for you. And I am really excited to share this with you. Okay, so a little bit of housekeeping before we get going. I just want to share a few updates with you. So straight off the bat, as many of you have probably heard, I decided to terminate my contract with the other owners for Escape Artist. So I am no longer with Escape Artist. I am 100% out on my own. There was a lot of personal reasons that I decided to do this, but we ended things on extremely good terms. I'm still friends with them. We were able to settle out and everything worked out okay. I honestly wish them all the success in the world, but I really need to be building something of my own, which I'm trying to figure out everything right now. But don't worry, we are going to continue with the podcast at expatmoneyshow.com. There's new episodes every Wednesday, just like this one. And we're still keeping on with our private Facebook group, Expat Money Forum. So if you go to expatmoneyforum.com, it'll automatically redirect you to the group. I think we're at about 2,000 members now. So we've been growing that quite steadily. It's for fans of the podcast, for expat hopefuls, people who want to be expats. And it's a huge community of people who are sharing their knowledge and making friends. It is a lot of fun and there's some really, really excellent people there. So if you haven't joined that, then make sure you join now. I mean, it is a ton of value and you're really gonna like it. Same with subscribing to the podcast. Make sure you subscribed for new episodes every single Wednesday. We've gone off of Fridays. We've moved it to Wednesdays. It's just a better day all around. So you'll find us on Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, basically wherever popular podcasts are found. Subscribe, get notifications, tons of great content coming up. So what has been happening for me? Well, I have started traveling again. After almost a year of doing very, very little traveling, my wife and I decided it's time to get back on the road and start getting out there and seeing the world again. 
We hunkered down for a little bit during COVID. I was quite busy with work, but we really figured that it was time to get back out there. I believe that we all have one life to live and we don't know how long we have on planet Earth. So I always try to make sure I take advantage of every day of my life and try to do the things that I want to do. And for me, that is traveling and exploring and figuring out how to do all of these things in the expat and offshore space. So that's what we did. We've decided that we wanted to start traveling again. So what we really wanted to do was do a big trip to Brazil. This is actually something that we've been planning for quite a while. But the problem is that, okay, even though Canadians and Americans can now enter Brazil visa-free, my wife is from mainland China, so she doesn't have this option. So what we needed to do was actually get her a special visa to enter Brazil. Now, since December, we have been trying to get her this visa. We keep taking trips down to the Brazilian embassy in Panama and trying to connect with them. But every time we go in, the place is closed. So we would get a phone number and we would call and then no one would answer the phone. And we go to the website and we get an email address and they would not answer the email. Finally, we found like an emergency phone number and my assistant called for me. He's Panamanian, so spoke to them in Spanish. And then we were able to figure out that allegedly one of the Brazilian staff in Panama at the embassy had got COVID and apparently had died from it, which if that's the case, then that's really sad. I'm sorry to hear that for sure. But at this point, I mean, the embassy has been closed for something like three months and they haven't been doing anything. So that's been rather frustrating. So what we decided to do was for Costa Rica, their embassy is open. We actually planned a trip to Costa Rica so that we could visit the Brazilian embassy there, get a visa from my wife so we can do our massive trip in Brazil. So that was kind of the plan. And I want to talk to you mostly today about Costa Rica, but I just wanted to kind of set things up and explain why we are going through all of this stuff. So <laughs> where to start, where to start? So, okay, so I can enter Costa Rica without a visa and my wife as a Chinese citizen normally would not be able to enter Costa Rica. But because she has a Canadian visa and because she has a US visa, Costa Rica actually allows you to enter the country on a US visa. So when you go to immigration, you actually show your US visa and I guess the Costa Rica immigration trusts the US government enough and all their due diligence they do on someone that it's kind of a free pass. So this is like a, another little tip. If you're listening to this show and you don't really have that tier A passport, double check because if you do have a visa like a Canadian visa or an American visa, it's almost like a free upgrade on your passport to be able to get into other countries. So we've done this a few times now and it's worked very, very smooth. Now, I'm not saying it's going to work for every country out there in the world. You need to go and research and check your exact passport and if you have your Canadian or American visa and which country you're entering into. But there's often ways to navigate this. So this is what I often work with with my clients that a lot of people just don't know this type of information, but it is very, very handy. So the plan is to go to Costa Rica for three weeks. We're going to go on a bit of a vacation. We're going to go sightseeing. We're going to do some activities and blow off some steam. I've been working nonstop like 70 hours a week 
for the last two years with pretty much no vacation. Well, definitely no vacations. Uh, done a bit of traveling, but had to work through all of those periods. So really needed just some time to relax and reflect on everything, on my life, on my goals, on where I want to take my business. So the plan is we're gonna to go to Costa Rica for three weeks. We're gonna get my wife's visa. We're gonna do a whole bunch of activities. So leaving Panama was pretty straightforward. I mean, there wasn't really a lot that needed to be done. You know, obviously pack, take the Uber. When we get there, there's like nobody in line. I mean, it's very, very straightforward at the check-in desk. Five minutes, not even five minutes, two minutes going through, we get our tickets and go to security. Now, a little side note, I'm traveling at this moment with not just my wife, but also my almost five-year-old daughter and my mother. So even though my daughter has my last name, we actually have to show that she's my child as well. The passport is not enough, even though both of our last names is Thorup, it's not enough. So we actually have to show a birth certificate that proves that she's my daughter and my wife's daughter so that we can take her out of the country. So I guess this is quite common throughout Latin America. They've had problems in the past of people kidnapping children, which is super, super scary. Uh, obviously, that's like the worst nightmare for any parent. So you actually have to prove if you have an under 18 year old child that they are indeed your child. And the best way to do that is with a birth certificate. And if you're traveling with your child and your spouse is not with you, then you're most likely gonna have to have a letter signed by your spouse, as well as a copy of their passport and then the birth certificate. So you might need two or three or four documents to actually go through this. Luckily, we knew and understood this, so we had everything prepared. So going through immigration was very, very fast. Same thing with going through security, extremely fast in Panama. They make you take off your mask, uh, obviously take off any metal, put all that stuff through the security, but you take off your, your mask, walk through, and then you can put your mask back on. So they wanna be able to see your face and make sure that there's nothing hidden under the mask, I guess. So easy peasy, the whole process from checking in to immigration to security was probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes. So, you know, when you show up at the airport about three hours in advance, uh, you have a lot of time to kill. So all the little shops and everything were open. So we got some food, relaxed, boarded the airplane. Airplane was actually quite full going to Costa Rica. I was surprised. The airport itself was empty, but it looked like we were one of the only flights that was full. And I mean, I don't mean 100% full, but maybe 80, 90%. So you do want to book your flights in advance. This is maybe not something you want to do the very last second. Uh, when I traveled to a conference last November and we were flying to Miami, the flights were absolutely empty. Like I think I had all of the row, the two rows in front of me open and the two rows behind me. So it was like I had about 20 seats to myself. We were probably at about 5% or maybe 10% capacity when I flew from Panama City to Miami and then Miami to Las Vegas. That was a little bit different. That was inside the States. But Costa Rica, we were pretty full. So we arrived safely into San Jose, into Costa Rica. It was very easy flight. Obviously, they're not doing any service or anything like that. Seems like pretty much no airlines around the world are doing any service. 
So they give you a little bag of water and maybe some cookies or crackers or something like that. But it's fine because it's a very short flight. I think it was maybe an hour, hour and 20 minutes. Very, very short. Basically take off, level out at 40,000 feet, and then you're at top of descent and you start heading down again. Getting into Costa Rica is pretty easy. You just need a little bit of organization in advance. The nice thing is that you don't need a negative COVID test for entering into the country. So you don't need to think about a PCR or a rapid test or anything like that. But what you do need to do is think about some things for immigration. So you have to show travel insurance and it has to be a company that specializes in Costa Rican insurance and will cover you if you become ill with COVID-19. So it can't just be your regular travel insurance. Like I have platinum healthcare with me and my family. The whole family is covered. It, travel, it covers us everywhere in the world and I have all the bells and whistles. I have inpatient, outpatient, and a drug plan, and full dental, and etc., etc., etc. All of these types of things. But actually, this is not enough because they need to show specifically for COVID. And although my insurance does cover for COVID, what it doesn't cover for is a lodging expense in case I get sick and my hotel or whatever needs to be covered. So anyways, for the insurance for Costa Rica, when entering, you need at least $50,000 worth of coverage and it must cover COVID. It must explicitly say COVID and you need an additional $2,000 for lodging expenses issued if it's the result of the pandemic. So this is really interesting because with my insurance plan, I'm covered for $1 million, but it's this $2,000 for hotel. So anyways, I needed to get additional insurance. There's a couple of different organizations that do it. There's INS and SACICOR, but they're rather expensive and I found them to be pretty not great. So because we only needed it for this extra coverage, we didn't actually need it in case we got sick or in case there was a medical emergency or anything like that. We just decided to get the, the most basic one. So we found one that was called Trawick Insurance, T-R-A-W-I-C-K Insurance. I'm sure you can Google it and find it. And it was extremely inexpensive. Like you can set the deductible at something stupid like $5,000 and your insurance is gonna be maybe, I don't know, $50 or $80 for three weeks. So it's basically nothing. But the whole thing is a racket. But never mind, I play their game. We got the whole family covered and got this sorted. The other thing that you have to show to enter into Costa Rica is called a health pass. So after you have your insurance sorted, you have to do this health declaration. It has to be done online. And it's going to automatically generate a QR code that they're gonna to wanna to see at immigration. So you can screenshot the QR code on your phone or you can print it out and then have a paper copy. We did both just in case my phone didn't work or something like that. I always like to have a bit of redundancy. Same thing in case we lost the paper or something. I've got it on my phone because you really don't want to miss out on this. Um, they won't let you into the country. So when we were actually standing in line at immigration, we actually saw people leaving the line and could hear them speaking in Spanish or in English complaining that they didn't know about this QR code and now they need to go and find Wi-Fi access and try to apply for it there on their phone and then get the QR code. 
So I'm very glad that we did a lot of due diligence beforehand and we knew all about the procedure. So that's why I'm sharing all these things with you. And by the time maybe you guys enter Costa Rica, maybe things will change, but I do encourage you to check this out because they're not going to let you in unless you're following the procedures, the updated procedures. So as I said, entering Costa Rica was pretty straightforward. We showed the QR code, we showed our insurance, we showed our Airbnb where we'd be staying. We all got our visas. Uh, an interesting side note, they will give you your visa to enter Costa Rica based on the amount of time that your insurance is good for. So it's not like you can get like one week of insurance and then expect them to give you the full 90 days visa. No, they wise up to that pretty quick. So you have to get the insurance for the entire time. So we got our insurance for a month, even though we we're only planning to stay for three weeks. And you'll learn why in a couple of minutes. I'll get back to this, but there, there was a reason that I did this. After we got through the airport, it was pretty easy. We had uh, our Airbnb organizer, the, the person we hired, Getting out of the airport was very straightforward. We actually had the person that we had rented our Airbnb from organize a driver for, for us. So they were standing out there with a sign with my name on it, helped us with the bags, went straight to a big vehicle and drove us to the Airbnb. It was about 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes, maybe 30 minutes heading into San Jose. Streets were pretty packed, even though it was the weekend, looked like a nice bustling city. It's really weird though, because it's been almost 20 years since I've been to Costa Rica and since I've been to San Jose. And I swear the place looks the same. It looks like it hasn't changed at all. Now, the first time I went to Panama was also about 20 years ago, but Panama City is completely different. It's like unrecognizable now. I was kind of expecting San Jose to be the same, but really, no, it's, it doesn't look like they've done very much in 20 years. It's a nice little city, actually. It wasn't too dirty, didn't look too dangerous or anything. We walked around a ton in San Jose and there was nice little restaurants and there's some cobblestone streets and things like that and some churches. So that was very nice. But we arrived into San Jose on the weekend. And so the plan was that we're going to prepare ourselves on the weekend to visit the embassy, the Brazilian embassy in Costa Rica, first thing on Monday morning. So what we did was my wife and I actually took a walk from our Airbnb down to the embassy so we would know how long it would take to kind of map out the whole place, make sure that we don't get lost or anything like that. We know exactly where it is and just kind of mentally prepare ourselves for the next day because most embassies, they are only open in the mornings. So if you make a mistake and waste time, maybe you don't have enough time to do what you need to do. So most embassies will open at around 8.30 or 9 in the morning and then close at 12 or 12.30. This is just kind of a general rule when doing immigration overseas or trying to get a second passport. Like I've gotten my passports, my Canadian passports in Colombia, in Singapore, in the UAE, maybe in Australia as well. I can't even remember. At least three or four different countries over the last 20 some odd years of traveling. I've always done mine overseas. So you just kind of have to remember that the, they always close by about midday. So we mapped out everything and had all of our information. It had taken us you know, weeks to prepare everything. We had a huge folder with all the documents for my wife's visa. 
And so when we arrived on Monday morning, there's a security guard outside. And I'm trying to explain to him, you know, we want to see the people at the Brazilian embassies asking us, you know, are you Brazilian? Obviously, we're not Brazilian. So try to, you know, we need to talk to him about immigration. He's asking us, do you have an appointment? And we're like, well, kind of. They told us to come in and blah, 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 blah. So arguing with him for like five minutes. Finally, he calls the, actually, first of all, he makes us take off our mask and look up in the corner where there's a security camera so they can kind of record our face and tells us to put the mask back on and then brings us inside and passes us off to another security guard. And he tells us like, there's nobody in the embassy. They're closed. We're like, what? Like, we've, we've just flown from Panama to come and see these people. And just another side note, we didn't just kind of do this blindly. We had called from Panama, we spoke to them. We had my friend in Costa Rica who speaks Spanish call them on our behalf to double check with them. When we called them, we got an answering machine, didn't hear anything. Their answering machine says actually that the embassy is open Monday to Friday from this time to this time and they don't talk about anything special for COVID or anything like that. On their website, they say the same thing, that it's open this hour to this hour, Monday to Friday, blah, 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 blah. And when my friend calls, same thing. Yes, we, you know, he explained the situation that, you know, my friend's wife is Chinese, but she has a US visa and we need to get our um, visa to enter Brazil. So we show up with all this stuff. We've also emailed them with all our documentation for soft approval. Didn't hear anything back, but that's kind of not unusual. Sometimes they just don't respond. Government workers can be notoriously lazy all over the world. That's not a dig on Brazil. That's just kind of a general rule to go by. So anyways, talking to the security guard inside and we're trying to get him to call. He's calling upstairs, no one's answering, trying to convince him to take the elevator up and see he can't leave his post, but he calls someone else and gets them to go up and knock on the door just in case, you know, someone's there and he didn't see them come in or maybe they're just not answering the phone. So like, oh my God, what are we gonna do now? We, you know, we've, we've planned a three week trip here to Costa Rica just to get this visa. Okay, we wanna see Costa Rica as well, but really the main reason is to get ready for this Brazil trip. So we get the security guard to give us a phone number for the embassy, and it's like in case of emergencies, you know, where it's outside of business hours that you can call. So we ring up this guy and I'm spe speaking Spanish with him, and he says, message me on WhatsApp. I was like, all right, fine. So shoot him a message on WhatsApp, and then it turns out he speaks English. So then we start, we switch to English, which is, you know, my Spanish is pretty good, but certainly not as good as my English, and he's quite fluent. So he explains that the embassy is closed and, you know, asks if we have an appointment. And then it says, you know, like, why didn't you book an appointment? I'm like, well, we sent you an email. We sent you all the information. We called this, the staff. He says, no, because of COVID, everything is closed. We're like, well, your staff told us otherwise, your website told us. It's like, I mean, we're talking 14 months or 13 months into a pandemic here and you don't up, update your website with your opening hours. You don't update your recorded message or anything like this. Anyways, super frustrating. So he says, there's no way that we can see you today. 
And we're like, come on, please. We're begging with him. I'm taking selfies of me and my wife in front of the office, downstairs in the lobby, sending them to him, you know, trying to like play to his human side and try to get him to, you know, get in the car and drive down to see us, but he's having none of it. So he's asking, you know, like, why didn't you email it to us? Like, did you send it to this email? We're like, no, we sent it to this one and we give him the email address that we sent. It's literally on the Brazilian website, Brazilian embassy website, this email address. He's like, oh, oh, I didn't see that one or I didn't check it or something like that. Then he's, he goes and checks it. He comes back five minutes later on WhatsApp. He's like, oh, okay, I have it now. I'm like, we've sent you like three emails over the last month and haven't heard anything back. So we just came, like we just took a risk and come. So this is Monday morning. And he says to us, no, there is no way we can see you today. We'll book an appointment with you on Wednesday. He said, go make payment for the visa. This is the, the bank that you need to deposit in. And once you do that, then send us a screenshot or a photo of it and we will book an appointment. We're like, all right, okay, fine. So we're, we've now been downstairs waiting at this embassy for like an hour and a half or something like that, sitting on the couch. The security is looking at us like we're completely crazy. Who are these weird gringos and why won't they go away? Finally, we leave and we start searching out this bank. So it takes us forever to find this bank. For some reason, Google Maps is not sending us in the right direction whatsoever. Sends us to one place, it's all wrong. Sends us to another. It's the bank, but it's only the office for the bank. It's not actually the bank itself where you can actually go in and speak to someone. Anyways, finally, we find the place and it's like the size of a city block. So that's also why I have no idea why Google Maps was not showing us the right place. But there's this huge lineup. I mean, it's literally going around the block. There must be a hundred people there. So it takes us, I don't know, half an hour, an hour, something like that, waiting in line, do the temperature check, um, hand sanitizer, yada, yada, yada. We've got our masks on. We go inside and wait another line inside. So finally get up and speak to the guy. And then we want, we explain what we're trying to do. I explained in Spanish, you know, we need to make a, a deposit for the embassy of Brazil. Here's the bank number, blah, 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 blah. He's like, passport. I was like, what? He's like, passport be kidding me. I don't have my passport on me. We had already gone back to the house at this point, dumped all our stuff, had food and everything like that, and just thought we were going to basically just need some cash to deposit. So, all right, fine. Passport. So walk back again. I think this is my third time, my wife and I's third time back to the house, pick up our passport and head back. Normally, when you're making a deposit in another bank account, you know, any type of ID will work, especially we're talking $115. We're not talking about $5,000 or something like this. It's a very, very cheap one. I, I really just thought that our national ID or driver's license or something like that would work. I didn't think we were going to need the passport. Nonetheless, we go back, get our passport, come back. Luckily, um, I explained to the guards when we left what we were doing, so we didn't need to spend another hour and a half in line, but we get it, make payment, take a picture, send it to this guy on WhatsApp, and he says, okay, we'll let you know. We'll let you know about Wednesday when you can come and see us, when you have an appointment, like basically, don't call us, we'll call you type of thing. He had been kind of giving us flack a little bit because 
He explains that this number is only for emergencies and it's only for Brazilians. And we, in his eyes, this was not an emergency. In my eyes, it kind of was an emergency. You know, we'd only booked three days in San Jose and then we're supposed to be going out to the resorts. Yeah, it's a, for me, this is an emergency because we've only booked three days in San Jose to sort through this visa. Kind of, we came in on the weekend to prepare, Monday do the visa, if there's any problems, then we've got Tuesday morning, and then once the embassy closes around, you know, 12.30, one o'clock, then we will go out to the resort. So I've booked us a resort, a beautiful resort for a couple of weeks, but now they're telling us Wednesday. And so, we, my wife and I make the decision that I will take my mother and my daughter who we're traveling with out to the resort and get them all settled and my wife will spend an extra night in the Airbnb and then she will go to the embassy by herself. At least now she knows where it is. They're going to be expecting her. She's got all the documents. She's made payment, everything like this. So I'm feeling a little bit nervous about this, but we decide it's the best plan. Just for a night or two, we'll separate. So we head out on Tuesday at, I don't know, one o'clock, two o'clock, something like that. Uh, we extend our stay in the Airbnb and we leave her there. It's okay, she's not really gonna go out. She's gonna order uh, Uber Eats and just uh, chill and not do much. Well, Wednesday kind of, Tuesday goes by, we don't hear anything. Wednesday goes by, we don't hear anything. Now it's kind of, Wednesday, you know, midday and nothing. I mean, we don't hear anything. And we try to contact the embassy. We WhatsApp them. And once again, he tells us like, this is for emergencies only this number and you're not Brazilian, you know, we'll contact you. So my wife calls me and she's like, well, what do I do? Do I extend another night? And I'm like, no, forget this. Take an Uber, come out to the resort, and we'll see what happens. You know, you can always go back to San Jose because I don't want to miss all this stuff. We got all these activities planned, you know, surfing and ATVing and all these um, things already booked and paid for and, and planned out. I don't want her to miss all of this stuff. This is supposed to be our vacation, you know, something that we've been looking forward to because the, the whole plan here was we would apply for the visa, and then we've been told that it's gonna take between 10 and 15 days to process the visa. So during that 10 to 15 days, we don't wanna stay in San Jose. We don't wanna hang out in the city. We wanna be out in nature. We wanna be on the beach. We wanna be out there doing things. So we don't wanna waste this time either. So we've got all these things booked. So, okay, fine. So she takes an Uber, but I'm a little bit nervous because she's just a small, Chinese woman, I mean, she's not very big. Her Spanish is pretty crummy. It's kind of my responsibility usually to speak Spanish. And she's not going to have mobile data on this entire trip because she only has her Panamanian SIM. She doesn't have an international SIM like I do. She doesn't travel as much as I do. So we really can't check on her. And we've got uh, ATV planned that morning. So I'm out there uh, on an ATV with my mom and my kid, and we give her the address for this place and she's supposed to take it there. So I'm a little bit nervous. But anyways, we're, we're out all day. We're having an amazing day. And then we get our guide to radio back to the head office to find out, did she arrive? And so we're on the top of a mountain. We've got this amazing view. We've been out for, I don't know, two hours or something on an ATV. 
and he radios back and she makes it. Everything is fine, she's safe, no problems. She's waiting there for us back at the clubhouse. I'm like massively relieved. Okay, we finish up what we're doing. We go and meet her. We go and do zip lining that afternoon. Um, she stays with my daughter because my five-year-old, she's too young to do the zip lining. I'm out there zip lining and that is just unreal. I mean, we're two, 300 feet up in the air. I mean, you're seeing all these birds in wildlife and it's, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 uh, lines down and some of them you're going so fast. Like it is insane. And they're like, yeah, you can hang upside down. You can spin around. You can do all the stuff. I'm like, I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> I just do a normal version of it. But I uh, got some good pictures and some good video and things like that. So that was pretty wild. So I'm super happy to see my wife. I had been feeling a little bit guilty. You know, when we got to the resort, we had booked this, I don't know, chalet, this huge cabana, you know, right on the beach. It was very romantic. It was like their best suite there, I guess. And we had our balcony and a patio. And I mean, I was sitting outside having a cocktail at night and big king size bed. It was kind of not nice. You know, my wife's stuck back in the city and she's got to do this visa stuff herself. But she makes it safely. Took her about two hours to get to see us where we were ATVing. Cost about, I think about $80 in an Uber ride, but it was well worth it. Then she jumped on the transport with us, went back to the resort and loved the place. We had met some friends, so we introduced her to everybody and had dinner and drinks and got to really start our, our proper vacation together. So Wednesday night goes by, we don't hear anything. Thursday goes by, we don't hear anything. Finally, on like Thursday night, we get a message from this guy who says, okay, I've got an appointment for you. It's first thing tomorrow morning, Friday morning. We're like, all right, fine. We've obviously made the right decision by my wife coming to see us at the resort because otherwise she would have been there for an extra three nights by herself in San Jose. And I mean, would have missed so many things that we're doing. So she's up at something like 6 a.m. in the morning and heads out to San Jose once again. This time we had actually organized a driver for her. So I was actually able to meet the driver and explain to him, okay, you're going to take her there, wait for her as long as it takes, and then drive her back again. Uh, I'm like, you need to protect her, you need to look after her, etc., etc. She's not gonna have Wi-Fi during this, but at least I get to meet the person, you know, we have his phone number so he can call if there's any problems. We took a picture of his license plate, took a picture of him, and he was recommended from the resort. So they've worked with him in the past. So we felt a lot more safe about this. But still, I mean, as a husband, you know, obviously, I'm a little bit protective of my family for sure. And, and so I should be. So she heads out first thing in the morning. I'm out there like surfing at 6 a.m. or something because we're on the Pacific side and trying not to think too much about it. But, you know, we're a little bit freaked out at this point because like I said earlier, we were supposed to submit our visa on Monday morning. And now it's Friday morning. So we've basically lost a week and we had been told it can take 10 to 15 business days to get the visa. And we've only booked three weeks into coast, in Costa Rica. So anyways, Day goes by and I get a message from my wife and she's like, I got the visa. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I got the visa. I'm like, I don't understand. 
So I call her on Telegram. She's using like the Wi-Fi in the embassy, and she explains they did it right there and then. She said, "I'm just waiting now. They've already issued the visa, but they told me if I want to wait 30 minutes, they'll go and activate it for me, and I won't need to call. I won't need to do anything else. It's just it's done. The visa is done." I was like, "This can't be. I mean, they told us 15 days, not 15 minutes." So I make her take a picture of it and send it to me, and sure enough, she has a 90-day visa for Costa Rica. And I'm talking to her, and she's she's almost crying like tears of joy. She had been so stressed out about this because she feels like you know if this doesn't work, if this doesn't go through, I mean it's her fault. That's how she feels. Of course, it's not her fault. None of this is her fault. I mean, it's not her fault. These silly rules and. Chinese passport can do this, but can't do that. I mean, that's not her choice. That's not. She didn't choose any of these types of things. So anyway, she's so 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 relieved, and I'm just like unbelievably stoked. So it's like this is happening. Like we're going to Brazil. We're planning a massive trip to Brazil. So anyways, drives back. Huge celebration that night. Drinks and food and just tons going on. And we're like, okay, wow. You know, we've got another two weeks planned here in Costa Rica, and for all intents and purposes, not really any reason to be here anymore. So it's fine. We're just gonna enjoy our time. No stress. I'm not worried about it at all. I think she was also really relieved because actually, part of the documentation to get her visa was we needed to show first of all flights. So. Flights entering and exiting the country, and we needed to show our accommodation for the entire trip there. Now we planned a three-month trip to Brazil, so we had to show documentation of our Airbnb for the entire time there that they're going to check at while applying for this visa. So okay, fine. We had everything. We paid in full. We got the visa. Now what are we going to do? Well, I mean, enjoy our time in Costa Rica. So every day we went surfing. We went on a monkey tour. We went zip lining, like I told you about. We did boat trips. I did a a chocolate tour. So we show we were shown where they grow the chocolate, how they grow it, then how they age it, how they roast it, the different things they make out of it, and then they made like. And、then they made hot chocolate for us. I mean, we got to try the different types of roasting and everything. So from very bitter to a little bit of sugar to a lot of sugar to milk chocolate. So that was really interesting. I like this type of stuff.、Uh, we went on a crocodile trip. I mean, just so many things. We just went absolutely crazy in Costa Rica for a couple of weeks. We went horseback riding, etc., etc., etc. So actually, funny, funny story about horseback riding. So I have a lot of allergies. I'm allergic to dogs. I'm allergic to cats. Animals have never been. It's not that I don't like animals. I actually really like animals, and I love wild animals. I've taken safaris all through Africa and half a dozen different countries. I always like seeing any type of animal. I think it's really interesting. But for pets, it's not something I can do because of really, really severe allergies. And when I was growing up, I remember I used to go every single Thursday, and they used to give me a allergy shot in my arm, and I hated this. We did it for maybe two or two and a half years, maybe even three years. Every single Thursday, for maybe three years, I had a shot to try to make my allergies better,、uh, so I wasn't so allergic to things. Whether that worked or didn't work, I 
really couldn't say. I'm not sure if I'm better off now or worse off now or it's exactly the same 30 years later. Anyways, I remember this time when I was a child and we planned a trip, a school trip, out to a place called Circle R Ranch. And it was a horseback riding ranch and all the kids went and we had a couple of uh, parents that went to supervise. And I got on the horse and within about 15 or 20 minutes, my allergies like went absolutely nuts. And I wasn't able to breathe properly and my face like starts to swell up. So obviously they ripped me off the horse and they brought me back to the, the office um, still on this ranch and asked for my dad's phone number and so called my dad at work and you know like an hour later or an hour I don't know an hour and a half later comes storming up the pathway walks right past me I'm sat outside because I need fresh air walks right past me goes into the office and is like where's my kid where's my kid like pretty irate you know like really really worried as any father would be and the woman there is like, isn't that your kid like sitting outside? He's like, no, that's not my kid. Where's my kid? And I'm like, dad? Like, and honestly, he didn't recognize me because the allergies were so bad. My whole face and my neck and everything had swollen up so much that my own father didn't recognize me. That's how bad it was. I guess I looked like some fat kid sitting on the bench outside. I know that's horrible to say, don't hate on me, but my old father couldn't recognize me. So I have this, this traumatic experience of being on a horse, but the whole group that we're hanging out with and all our new friends, they're doing horseback riding in Costa Rica. They're going out on the beach at sunset and they somehow convince me that this is a great idea and I should go. This has been probably almost 30 years since I've been on a horse, but I decide, all right, let's give it a try. So an hour beforehand, I take an antihistamine, knowing that I'm probably gonna have some type of reaction. But we get the group together, there's, I don't know, maybe five or six of us, and my mom's there and, uh, and my daughter. So my daughter gets her own horse. She's like yeah, four and a half, almost five years old. She's up on a horse. She's happy as a clam. Oh my God, she thinks this is the greatest thing in the whole wide world. And we're, we set out on the beach to watch this sunset. And within about 15 minutes down the beach, I start to sneeze. And I start to sneeze a lot. And I mean, I'm very careful, I'm very smart about this. I'm not touching the horse and then rubbing my eyes or touching my face or anything like that. But just being around these horses, I start to sneeze like crazy. So much so that I can't even speak because I'm sneezing so much that I can't form a sentence. It sounds like a machine gun, just sneeze, 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 sneeze. And they're like, do you wanna go back? I'm like, no, no, a few more minutes, maybe it'll get better. I took an antihistamine, I'm gonna try a little bit more. Sneeze, sneeze, sneeze. Now my throat starts to like close up again and my eyes are starting to swell so much, I can't see properly. I got like tears running down my face because my allergies. I'm like, all right, this is enough. Mom, you watch uh, my daughter, you're, you're now in charge of her. I'm gonna walk back. So I hand over the, jump off the horse, hand the reins to a guide and walk back down the beach. 
It takes me, yeah, 15, 20 minutes to walk back. My wife wasn't interested in horseback riding. So she sees me and she's like, what happened? What's wrong? I'm trying to explain the story, obviously can't talk. Go back to our room, take another antihistamine, take a shower, like wash my face, my hands like five times each, and then have to lay down because I'm just such a mess at this point. Anyways, I learned my lesson. Uh, horses, horses and Mikkel don't go well together, but I tried. And I can technically say that I rode a horse on the beach during sunset in Costa Rica. It may have only been for about 15 minutes, but technically I did it. So it wasn't really one of those bucket list things for me, but for some people it is. So it was still a cool experience. Actually, the coolest thing was just seeing my kid on it and just the big smile on her face. And she's just so, so, so happy. So probably after a week of doing all these activities and stuff, a friend of ours comes to visit us and pick us up. So because I was going to stay with my wife for this entire three weeks to get her visa, my mother and my daughter were going to head back to Panama earlier because there really wasn't all that much to do or things that they thought they would be interested in doing for the whole time. We thought we'd just be kind of hanging out for the second you know, week and I'd be mostly just working on the computer but we wanted to visit some friends and stuff. So we actually separated, my mom took my daughter, we had to once again sign some documentation that she was able to take my kid out of the country, out of Costa Rica and enter Panama. So we had all that done as well as the birth certificate, as well as a copy of my passport and, and my wife's passport, all the letter, everything signed, yada, yada, yada. So our friends came and met us. So if you guys are into the international space, huge shout out to my friend, Christoph Hurman. He, He's become a good friend of mine over the last few years. He's actually been on the podcast maybe two or three years ago he was on. And he was traveling through Costa Rica, him and his girlfriend. So they rented a vehicle, they came and picked us up and we decided to go do a bit of a road trip. And we got a resort out on the top of a mountain and it was just amazing. So we spent the next three days with them driving around Costa Rica and doing all this stuff. So it was so wild. It took us, I don't know, maybe like four hours or something like that to get to the next resort. And by the time we got there, it was completely dark. And Christoph's girlfriend is an amazing driver. She drove us up this mountain to get to the resort. I don't know how she did this, honestly. It's like all dirt road, off road, super bumpy. You can't see anything. And on the side is a cliff and it's just switchbacking up and down this mountain. And for some reason, we can't see anything. It just becomes so foggy that the windshield becomes foggy. So she's got the window down and she's got her head out and, and trying to get us up this mountain. And she, she does it, she does an amazing job. She's literally my hero. I don't know how we didn't die doing this, especially the first time. After the first time, okay, we got the hang of it. We knew where we were going and everything like that. But we basically gave her a round of applause when we got to the top. So we find this place and we get to security, you know, give our license plate number, show our ID that we have a reservation. This place is really exclusive, like really, really high end. So he directs us where to go and park the car. So we get there and there's a man there waiting on a golf cart for us. So we hand over our keys for the vehicle so we can take care of our bags. And he drives us the last couple hundred meters up this mountain that the car can't reach. And we get to this place and it is 
unbelievable. This place is like out of a movie or a TV show or something. I mean, you, you just, you can't even picture how stunning this place is. It's called 360. You guys should go look it up. All words, not, not numbers. 3-60. And it really is a 360 degree view of the beach and the ocean and the jungle. So really, really exclusive place. Quite expensive. I mean, I think we were paying about 400, maybe $500 a night for this. And in Costa Rica, that's quite a bit of money, but really good service. Big shout out to the people there. The staff were amazing. So got checked in and our friend Christoph's booked for us a private boat, chartered a boat for us the next morning. So we dump our stuff. They have eventually come with our bags and everything like that, tip the guy. We've got our own little chalet with, you know, a living room and a bedroom and shower and, I mean, huge place and a balcony and this view to absolutely die for. So anyways, go out for dinner, have a couple of drinks, but we have to be up early, like 6 a.m. the next morning, which is not really what I had in mind. I thought we were going to spend a lot of time just chilling out and relaxing, but never mind. We're going to make the most of this and we've got a full day planned. So we went out for dinner, then ordered all our food for the next day and met up with some additional friends. So Christoph introduced us to his other friend, Sergio, who has become a new good friend of mine and an amazing guy. And he's actually going to be coming on the podcast in a couple of weeks. He also works in the international space. So you're going to make sure you want to check out that episode. He's really, really smart, interesting guy. Also from Germany, done a ton of traveling. And he's traveling through Costa Rica at the moment as well. So he him and his wife and their kid and then Christoph and his girlfriend and me and my wife we've all chartered this private boat to take us out to the islands to go snorkeling so we've got this boat the whole day and we go out there and we see whales we saw dolphins we actually get to jump in the water and swim with the dolphins on our way out to the island it was unbelievable so so beautiful and we did snorkeling out there and we caught fish and we actually made sashimi from the fish and then they had a stove on the boat. So we did some fried fish and had lunch. When we were snorkeling, we saw turtles. I actually got to spend like maybe 15, almost 20 minutes swimming next to a huge, huge, huge turtle. And it was just so, so beautiful, so peaceful. I mean, I'm so glad that we did this trip. Christoph did it right. I mean, this was amazing. Spare no expense. These guys know how to party. And uh, yeah, lots of drinks and mojitos on the way back. It's probably an hour, two hour boat ride back because we were quite far out. Got back maybe 6 p.m. or something. Dinner, drinks, every night dinner, drinks, lots of partying and hanging out, talking business with these guys, swapping stories, sharing tips about their travels and about digital nomadism and perpetual traveler and residencies and tax strategies. So it was good for all of us because we all have our slightly different way of doing things. So I got to learn from them, they got to learn from me, but uh, was amazing. Next day, we went on another trip, got another boat, we went out hiking, we got to go bird watching. We spent the whole day looking at, you know, the Costa Rica's largest mammals and all these different birds and we had our binoculars. Costa Rica has so much to offer. And it was really wild because 
So many places in the world right now are completely locked down. I mean, no one's allowed to leave their house or there's curfews or you can go out, but only to uh, the grocery store or maybe certain stores. Maybe there's essential and non-essential. Costa Rica is not like this. Costa Rica is wide open. They are welcoming tourists back. Actually, at this resort at 360, they were fully booked. We actually asked if we could spend a couple extra nights there because we really liked it. And they told us no. So we could only spend three nights there. We would have spent like a week there um, if we could. It was just so, so, so beautiful. The food was amazing. But anyways, I'm telling you this because know that Costa Rica is open. If you guys are wanna travel or you wanna do some of these types of things, Costa Rica is a great option. And I got to meet lots of cool people while I was there. We didn't end up spending the entire three weeks. We actually changed our flight to head back to Panama maybe a couple of days early, but I met some lawyers there. We talked all about immigration, the different processes. Um, there's different ways to do your immigration and possibly I'll do an entire episode of just on that in the future. But some of the big ways are if you buy a property, if you buy a real estate development or even a second build, any type of a house and it's at least $200,000, you can get your residency. Another way that my friend was doing it is if you deposit at least $60,000 into a Costa Rica bank account, then you can get your residency through that. Um, so we met some lawyers that I'm going to work with in the future on getting residency in Costa Rica. We met with people who do relocation to Costa Rica who actually will help people move down and shipping container and get set up with the bank account and everything like that. Lawyers, accountants, did a lot of that lag work in the remaining of my trip. You know, because I do get a lot of people who ask questions about Costa Rica. So not only am I just going to read about Costa Rica from blog articles or silly YouTube videos. I actually wanted to see for myself and meet people, shake their hands, get a good feel for it myself and see what can be done and, and kind of what can't be done, if that makes sense. So there you have it. That is my trip of Costa Rica, what we did, how we left Panama, how we entered Costa Rica, what you need to know, what you need to have the insurance and everything like that. We ended up getting our visa for Brazil, which we're very, very excited about. We were so, so thrilled. Uh, my wife was very, very relieved on all of that. We did a ton of trips got to meet lots of cool people, got to hang out with my buddy Christoph, with Sergio, who I said is gonna be coming on the podcast in the next few weeks, maybe a month from now, I'm not exactly sure when it'll air, but very smart guy, you're gonna to have to make sure you check out that episode. We're gonna be talking all about COVID and what countries are open. We're gonna have a huge discussion on traveling during COVID. So that's gonna be good. And yeah, Costa Rica is open, check it out. I mean, I encourage you guys to get out there, uh, start living your life again. Don't be afraid of your own shadow. I mean, I think it's such a shame as far as any of us can ever tell. We have a finite amount of time on planet Earth. We don't know how long we're gonna be here. So if traveling is important to you, if living overseas, if exploring is important to you, then get out there and do it. I mean, please try it, it's okay. You can do it. It wasn't scary. I wasn't worried about COVID. I wasn't worried about any of these things. You saw people wearing masks in the street, but on any of the tours, no one was wearing masks. I didn't catch COVID. I was fine. Me and my wife, my mother, my daughter, we were all safe. It was okay. 
And that's it. Um, I want you guys to do me a favor. Please share this episode with a friend. If you know someone who needs to be out there traveling or has mentioned to you that they want to travel or be an expat or you think that some of this information is going to be useful for them, please, I want you to share this episode and all the episodes that we do, actually. We're on a mission right now. We are on a mission to share this with the world, to grow a massive community of people, to go out there and live their lives, to travel, to explore. I mean, this is the most amazing thing in the world and I really want to try to help and inspire as many people as possible. So share this episode, give us a like, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast player that offers review. Usually Apple Podcast is the place to do it. I read every single review and I am very grateful for anyone who takes the 30 seconds out of their day to do this. It means a lot to me. So please, please, please take care of that for me. And then check out our forum. Check out the Expat Money Forum. Go to expatmoneyforum.com. It's our private Facebook group. It is growing super, super fast. Lots of fans of the podcast, other people who are out there traveling, sharing their knowledge with one another, making connections, networking, making friends. It is amazing. I can't believe how this group has grown in the last month or so. It is just unbelievable. Like it's just amazing. There's so many cool people there. And I'm in there every day to try to answer the questions that I can. So if you want to say hello, if you want to give me a what's up and shoot me a message or something inside the group, inside Expat Money Forum is the place to do that. Nowhere else. That's the place. Well, I guess you can reach out to us on our website as well. Maybe that's a very good place for us. Uh, Expat Money Forum, expatmoneyshow.com. These two places, that's where it's at. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and I will see you next Wednesday for our episode on Brazil. Okay, stay tuned. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region. But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern. 
Eastern time, go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.